Brit. Jones, the hip-hop nerd, is back. I took about a year off. I got some work done, made a few deals, did some serious soul-searching and goal-searching. I had a baby, and I generally just focused on being Jonathan for a while. Now I've returned to y'all fully energized with a new format, more focus, and higher quality. I know y'all love that new intro music. So if y'all follow me before my long-ass hiatus happened and everything, you might know a little-known hip-hop nerd fact, which is my favorite episode of this podcast, is the one that's called Black Superheroes Matter. Now, of course, you can feel free to go back a little bit and listen to that one, but I'll give you a little recap in a minute. That being said, there have been a few releases during my off time that I gotta, I gotta address them. So, this is part two of Black Superheroes Matter. So, before we get into the main topic of discussion... It's time for a new segment called The Track of the Week. I'm going with Pray For Me by The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar from the Black Panther soundtrack. And for those of y'all that don't know, Kendrick Lamar was in charge of the entire soundtrack and it performed extraordinarily in the film. So audio storytelling was just one of the highlights of the movie and I should have known, just should have known Kendrick would have been great at it after his first album made it difficult to listen to it out of order just because of how great the sketches and the song order was put together. So this song is solid, you know what I mean? The beat is high energy, but enough legroom for the power of the artist to shine through. You know what I mean? And and it's just it's and that legroom is definitely not wasted, even a little bit in in the subtle but poetic illustration of T'Challa's viewpoint of his duties as King of Wakanda. So anyone can listen to this song out of context and still feel the hell out of it. Even without listening with the ears of a Black Panther fan, it's just a dope-ass song. And my favorite line of that song <clears throat> is from Kendrick Lamar's verse when he says, Who need a hero? You need a hero. Look in the mirror, there go your hero. Who on the front lines at ground zero? My heart don't skip a beat even when hard times bumps the needle. I'm not going to hold your hand and break it down to anything, but just go ahead and digest that one. It's, it's just it's powerful and it's poetic. And it makes me think about what I want to do with my future and what I need to do to get there and everything. You know what I mean? It just, it just, it's been resonating with me. The whole soundtrack has just been playing on repeat in my car and my headphones and at, even when I'm sitting down writing and everything. So if you haven't heard Pray For Me by The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar from the Black Panther soundtrack, you need to go listen to it right now. Well, not, not right now, right now. Finish listening to this episode first and then go listen to it, but... I mean, if I've explained its dopeness well enough to make you feel like you can't wait, just just pause me and go listen and come back. It's, it's just, it's, it's worth it. And if you did that, I hope you're back now. So, um, let's get into the topic, which is Black Superheroes Matter. So, last time I talked about this, it was around the release of the Luke Cage Netflix series. And I gave a timeline of Black Superheroes in mainstream comics and why I feel as though they needed to exist. This time, I'm, I'm doubling down, and I'm looking at the results of some of these black superhero properties that have been released recently. 
and I'm doing this <laughs> as, you know, just to be factual and to explain some more about the topic in general, but I'm also doing it as a way of gloating about my own foresight and also to laugh in the face of the people who keep perpetuating the myth that movies starring black people and with all black cast and by black directors just don't do well overseas. There's always been a thought that audiences won't be so welcoming and it's kept big budget blockbusters out of the hands of black directors for super long, just, just this whole time. And I'm happy to tell y'all that you're wrong. And I wish I had a sound clip of T'Challa yelling at his daddy and his ancestors right now because y'all deserve it. You were wrong. I don't even want to do an impression because I don't want to make myself look stupid on my comeback episode. But So let's go ahead and start with Luke Cage and just remind everybody that the release of that series brought a whole new audience to the Marvel Netflix shows and it resulted in unprecedented viewing numbers that crashed the mighty Netflix servers. That was the kind of love that was evoked right there. You know what I mean? Black people love to see themselves in a positive light. And it would and, and at the time it was released, a bulletproof black man in a hoodie was just imagery that the world needed, not just black people, but everybody. And so moving on, the next one is an independent film that I, I'm gonna consider a black superhero movie, even though there's no comic source material or anything. Um and it was made on a budget of $250,000 and it grossed $4 million. So I consider it a success and that's Slight. I don't know if you saw Slight. Um, but I think it was just the kind of thing that showed that black people can be science fiction stars. And I recommend it to everybody. If, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth the watch. Um... I have all kinds of views and thoughts on it and all the things that happened with this black kid that was, you know, started off selling drugs to take care of his sister and then had to go into vigilante mode and, you know, his genius, he was able to build these things that let him, you know, do other things and stuff like that. But, you know, I'll let, I'll let y'all judge for yourself when you see it. And it was just super under the radar when it was released. So you can stream, if you can stream it, take a look, show us some support. Just let me know what you think. You know you know how to contact me. If you don't, I'll tell you a little bit later. So next, we got Black Lightning, which was much more highly anticipated than anybody expected um, when it was released on January 16th um, on the CW. The first episode pulled in 3.63 million viewers. That's combined on, you know, uh, streaming and TV and... Uh, and DVR I'm not sure if they released the uh, CWC numbers or anything but you know it was it was 3.63 million and what's crazy is that it's a January release which is usually that's like mid-season so that's the time when new shows might be tested if they're not sure about them because they don't really expect them to hit the same numbers as the fall shows and and the crazy part is it's been maintaining its numbers. Like, it's gone up the first few episodes. Um, and it's just kind of been hovering right around that number. And when you look at the other CW superhero shows, most of them premiered a little higher. Um, but they've been more or less drooping in viewership ever since. You know, just, just going down little by little. 
there's been a lot of peaks and valleys and everything. Um, Legends of Tomorrow actually started off with less, but it kind of had to prove itself anyway since it was another one of those things that didn't have a lot of source material. But, um, you know, it was kind of a random spinoff. But I don't want to look at all the numbers in a vacuum. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of contributing factors, but I'm just saying mid-season replacements aren't really expected to be comparable to fall shows. And Black Lightning is a hit with critics and fans because it's a positive look at a black family with a righteous black lead character and a realistic setting. It's just really well done, well acted, well written. The soundtrack is dope. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I feel some type of way that it's on, that it's on the CW, but it's not included in the Arrowverse like all the other CW TV shows. I mean, they even go to a different dimension for Supergirl and stuff, but you know, whatever that's, we can save that for another discussion on another day or whatever. I kind of want to throw get out in here a little bit because it was a uniquely black sci-fi horror film, but it's not with the current theme. So I won't do a whole segment on it, but shout out to Jordan Peele though, for becoming the first African American to win an Oscar for best original screenplay on his first film. He should have gotten Best Director too, but I guess a gritty remake of Splash starring Abe Sapien was just needed it for some reason. I mean, no disrespect to Guillermo del Toro, but The Shape of Water just wasn't it. I don't think it should have beat out Get Out. You know what I mean? And also, shout out to Kobe Bryant for his Best Short Film win. That Oscar's probably gonna look real good in that already crowded trophy case, but it is what it is. Shout out to Kobe just let's just keep racking them up and just showing the academy that we worked it and so now that i've got those out of the way let's take a look at the big one black panther wakanda forever we all knew this one would be great and it didn't disappoint at all man shout out to ryan coogler shout out to chadwick bozeman shout out to michael b jordan Shout out to Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Denai Guerrero, Letitia Wright, Forrest Whitaker, Sterling K. Brown, Daniel Kaluuya, John Connie, Joe Robert Cole, Andy Serkis, Martin Freeman, Kevin Feige, and everybody else involved in, in this masterpiece. You know what I mean? So, let's not forget. And also, let's not forget Tyler Perry, whose studio was heavily involved in the creation of the movie. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Tyler Perry movies, but, you know, this, you know, he deserves some praise for this. I mean, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry movies, because I, I just love black people becoming successful for what they're doing. Um, and, you know, all of his movies that don't star Medea are actually really good pieces, and he's been putting money in black hands and food in black mouths, so I don't have nothing bad to say about Tyler Perry. Um... But I really want everybody to, to I want to make absolutely sure that everybody knows about Nate Moore. He's kind of the unsung hero of the whole Black Panther phenomenon. He's one of the big executive producers at Marvel Studios, and he's been pushing for this movie to be made for a long time. Um, he's, and he's black. Like, I've heard a lot of complaints about white men at Disney and Marvel making so much money off this movie. But he's really been one of the big driving forces behind it. And, I mean, yeah, white people made some money. 
white people always making money, so who cares? We got us too. Let them get them, and they they paid for it. So you know, the biggest budget a black director has ever had, which is two hundred million dollars, and Ryan Coogler used it well, and even using that well. I mean, he's brought back money from every from everything he's done so far, which isn't even a whole lot considering that he was given this property, which was like a big deal, and he just killed it. But I mean, <laughs> I could literally talk about this movie forever. It was well written, well acted, full of quotables, stuff with shit that's gonna have people talking about it for years to come. There's so many memes, and then Baku challenge is dope as hell. I might even do it myself. The visuals were stunning. The soundtrack is banging. And like I said before, you know, the soundtrack was banging. You know, just Kendrick just killed it. And the best part of all is that it performed well. It hasn't even been in theaters for a month. It's already passed up the $900 million mark worldwide. It hadn't even hit the fastest growing movie market in the world yet, which is China. And they get it this Friday. So considering the fact that Chadwick Boseman was voted the most popular U.S. actor in China at the 2017 Chinese American Film Festival, I'm pretty confident that Black Panther's gonna be breaking a billion by this time next week. And that's gonna be the killer, because China is supposed to be the most resistant market when it comes to black film, but I feel like this one's gonna be a combo breaker for real. And it's already broken so many records, just in general. I mean, like, it's... It's the highest grossing non-sequel superhero movie. The biggest non-Batman, non-Iron Man superhero movie, which is probably going to get there because it just has to break $1.2 billion to, th to beat, I want to say, Iron Man 3. Um, it's the second highest grossing domestic Marvel movie, you know, behind the Avengers, of course. Um, it's the third fastest selling movie of all time, period the ninth biggest domestic gross of all time it's the top grossing movie by a black director ever um and it's already broken just so many records i could I, I i could just be saying this for the next like 20 minutes just everything that it's accomplished and everything but we got a lot more to get on so i'm just letting you know it's all it's broken a ton of records and it's probably gonna break a lot more and let's not even talk about the positive portrayal of black women and just women in general, mm. it was it was like it was euphoric. I was just loving it, and it, and it's crazy because it's like you're watching it, and it's, you're not even really thinking it. All oh, these women are doing so much dope shit. It's just people doing dope shit that just happen to be women. It was just done that well, and all the you know the all the Dora Milaje were women. And, um, like I said before, Denai Guerrero and Letitia Wright and. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, Angela Bassett, they were just killing it the whole time. And that's all and that's just the ones that like had big billing. They had so many other women that had smaller roles that were just equally dope. Like it's just it's insane. And it's it's <laughs> like <laughs> my daughter has seen the movie three times and she's not even six months old yet. I just I wanted to hurry up and grow up so she can see the greatness. Just Oh man, it's just so dope. Like I feel like little black girls and like just just everyone needs to see it. Like everybody. And the reason I'm constantly stressing the fact that black superheroes matter 
is because black people need to see ourselves as royalty, superheroes, just good people in general. When my parents bought a house, they bought what they described as the worst house in the best neighborhood that was filled with successful black people because they wanted the children to see successful black people. Um, they brought us to black dentists, black doctors. They, it was just something that was just really important to them for us to see. Um, and education is important, but you know what I mean? Like, so is imagery. So whatever we, because whatever we don't get from school, we get from the media we consume. And the things entertainment teaches us are the things that, honest, that, that reinforce the knowledge that you already have and it sticks with you, you know, just, it opens you up to a lot more. And when you think about all of the mnemonic devices you were given in order to learn things as a kid, it's like, it, it kind of clicks for you when you're just looking at direction, like the songs and stuff like that. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not great at math. I'm okay at it. I'm not, I'm definitely not great at advanced math. But I can tell you the quadratic formula off the top of my head because one of my classmates in high school made a song out of it one time, just once. I can't even tell you what the hell it's for, but I can damn sure tell you that it's negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A. I've never used it. Like I said, I don't even know what it's used for, but it's never left my mind after just that one time hearing it as a song because it was fun. And there's so many kids shows and movies that teach lessons with music because the human brain learns better when it's enjoying the way the information is being given. And that's why I love shows like Little Bill and Dr. McStuffins because black kids, seeing black kids learning lessons through adventures is just fantastic. That's, it's just the way it works. And even when they see black adults as dope, but when they see black kids also doing these things, it's even better, which is why it was so dope for, uh, I want to say his name is Noah Kaby, was on my wife and kids, Damon Wayne show, because he was such, he was a prodigy. He was a little kid that was such a prodigy and just brilliant and everything. And it's even why I created my Little Boss series, because I wanted to teach my younger siblings about uh, manners and just show them basic social skills in a fun way. I mean, hip-hop music was largely created to teach black people about what was going on in the world outside of their hoods in a relatable way. Um, comedians are held as the truth-tellers of the world because they can say things other people are afraid to say in the context of humor. It's a scientific fact that laughing is learning, and that's why black people need this. Us, and especially our children, we, we need to see that there's more for us so we can fight for our aspirations as ambitiously as the rest of the world. Slave movies tell a powerful and, and tell they tell really powerful and necessary stories, but we've had those forever. We know that part of our history. That part of our history isn't going away. I mean every time every now and then we might need a reminder and everything, but like it's past time we need to see what we're capable of, what what we can do, where we can go as opposed to where we've been. And not only black people, but the world as well. A large reason why China is such a resistant market when it comes to black cinema is because of their lack of exposure to blackness. The same goes for white America. The most they see is through music and what they see in the movies. They see slaves, drug addicts, drug dealers, killers, beggars, and people who can only rise up through the help of white saviors and stuff like that. 
So when this is all they know about black people, they can't possibly comprehend that we're the same as them. When they finally meet one of us, they, they don't know, you know, what we are, the potential we have, or how we're, we're really one and the same. We're just from different places and we're just born under different circumstances. And segregation through race and class is still a big issue in the world and especially in the U.S. Um, I grew up in New Orleans East, mostly, um, a little bit in Baton Rouge. And my personal exposure to other races was really limited outside of, you know, some Vietnamese kids and a, a few Latino kids um, that I saw back in the day because, you know, New Orleans East has a huge Vietnamese population. And I saw almost exclusively black people other than, you know, the aforementioned Vietnamese and Latinos. I saw almost exclusively black people till I got to high school. And by the time that happened, I want to say my first my first white friend I met at a summer program before I went to high school. And by then I was already largely afraid of white people because most of what I had seen and learned through the media and everything, like not only just entertainment media, but news media as well, was the way that past generations had treated people that looked like me. And even the way people treated black people throughout my youth was terrifying. I mean, Rodney King happened when I was in elementary school and the older black people around me, were they were so distraught by it, they couldn't even hide how important that issue was. Even today, black kids have to have what's called the talk. Like the, the, your parents got to tell you what the world is like outside of your doors. And this, that's a conversation that a lot of other races don't have to have. I mean, they believe that we don't have to have it either or whatever, but it's 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 a it's a need for us it, it has to be shown it has to be talked about in our homes because you can't go outside ignorant of it and i can only imagine the opposite end of the spectrum i've never been a white kid but i can imagine that white kids growing up with minimal exposure to people of color especially black people growing up seeing us as people to be feared and avoided as if we're somehow a different species you know what i mean like those same kids become politicians and police officers who think we're violent and they, they want to lock us up. They think we're thugs and criminals who are too lazy to go out and get a better life because we have the same opportunities as everyone else, which isn't 100% true. And they shoot first because they feel threatened by the color of our skin because they see that what they see, what they know of us, doesn't even come from us. It comes from what they see in the media and everything. And the same thing goes for white executives and even lower level management with hiring power. They view our blackness as a detriment to their businesses because of the ridiculous concept of racism. When in reality, the only real gaps are because of income, education, and imagery. It sucks when anybody encounters racial prejudice in any form, but it's difficult to fault people who honestly don't know any better. The programming is just really hard to beat unless you expose yourself to the world around you. And, and racism is really just an, an invention of those who were at a high class so that poor people could be satisfied that they were over somebody else. So that they can stay placated and stop trying to come for the rich people money. Oh, this rich college boy is better than me, but I'm still better than this black person. That's 
just how that's how it works that's why it's put out there like that so expose yourself to as much as you can don't listen to the streetwise gangster rappers and the trap rappers and everything without listening to the educated quote-unquote woke slash conscious rappers people generally make music about what they know and it's it's not great to block out the other side so instead of engaging in confirmation bias and only looking at the things that agree with you on the internet or the news or whatever it is you get information from look at the other side of the argument with the foreknowledge that the truth is always in the middle I talked about that on a a podcast I was a guest on called uh, Who's Next Gaming Um, it was a dope podcast but it's just something that we talked about that you have this side, you have this side sometimes you may have a third or fourth side but the truth is always somewhere in the middle so you gotta stop viewing the other side as crazy or stupid and just understand that they have different life experiences or knowledge of different things that you haven't even been exposed to and instead of blocking it out and just declaring it wrong just work and communicate and try to understand approach everything with an open mind and, and honestly don't come to me talking about how Obama was president so why are we looking at Black Panther as such a celebratory figure when we had a black leader and blah 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 and all that other bullshit because it's a statistical fact that more people pay attention to movies than politics and it's not even close it's not even close with adults so let's not even talk about how kids are I mean hell Jay-Z talking about the um, voting and Puffy talking about rock the vote and all these black celebrities telling kids and everything in their demographics was a huge part of how Obama even got um, elected in the first place black babies and children and teens and, and young voters they're, they're not and, and even just in general they, we're not, they're not watching CNN, black kids are not watching CNN but they're damn sure watching this African superhero king and paying close attention to it I even I saw a post recently from a guy who was talking about how his co-worker wants to be Black Panther for Halloween and they're white and I think that it's amazing that this white kid wants to do this. And I'm like, as long as that kid isn't wearing blackface, <laughs> which is one of the responses I saw as well, which I doubt, because why would why would you do that? I mean, when black kids dress as Spider-Man or Superman or Thor or something, they're not putting on whiteface or anything, which I don't even know if I've ever seen black people put on whiteface at all. But... Um, it was just, it was magical to me to hear that, that that little white kid wants to dress as Black Panther for Halloween and everything. That's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. That shows that kid just loves a good movie and a good character. And I'm, I'm happy to see that Hollywood is finally giving blackness a chance and seeing that it's just as po- profitable as everything else. And I can't wait to see Black Panther, the Falcon, and War Machine fighting alongside all of their, uh, white counterparts as equals in Infinity War and you know I mean I'm sorry that I got so serious with y'all but that's why black superheroes matter and and that's why I always say it and that's why I had to come back and make a new episode today I wasn't sure when I was going to bring this show back but I had to do it now because I had to make this episode just because of how awesome this is and how it definitely reaffirms what I said in that previous episode 
So now we just need more Latino, Asian, and female superheroes to hit the big screen. And speaking of which, honorable mention to Wonder Woman, which was actually a good female superhero movie. And shout out to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is going to be released in theaters on December 21st. And it's an animated theatrical movie starring Miles Morales, um, who if you don't know, he's the black and Latino Spider-Man who was uh, inspired by Donald Glover's campaign to be Spider-Man before the Amazing Spider-Man movies came out. And Miles Morales was just so popular and his comic book was written so good that everybody loved him. And he even survived the destruction of Marvel's Ultimate Universe and was brought into the mainstream universe so they can keep using him. And while I'm on the topic of releases, um, let's move into this segment, Nerd News of the Week. So keeping in the spirit of of the week's topic, Something that has me excited, and it's had me excited since the first announcement, is the film adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time by uh, Madeline Langley, which I think is the pronunciation. And I'm finally going to get a chance to see it next week. Um, it's one of those books that a lot of people loved as children, so I'm really excited. Um, not next, I'm sorry, not next week, this week. Um, it's coming out this Friday. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to see it at, at tomorrow on the 8th since you know I wasn't I'm not big enough to be invited to any of the premieres or anything like that but I'm really excited about it it's something else that I'm gonna love for my daughter to see when she gets big enough um the novel was published in 1962 and it's great and it looks like the movie's gonna bring it to cinemas in a in a great way and it's starring Storm Reid uh Oprah Winfrey Reese Witherspoon Mindy Kaling Chris Pine, um, Michael Pena, Zach Galifianakis, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Gugu Mbathara, Mbathara, um, but it's, it's just, it's fantastic, and it's, it's two biracial children starring in this movie, this classic piece of science fantasy that I don't think most people picture those kids as biracial or, uh, or black or anything of that nature. But it's fantastic to me. Like I, I just love that, and it, it's even more. What makes it more exciting is, uh, and keeps it in the spirit of this week's topic, is the fact that it's directed by Ava DuVernay, a black director, and uh, she's being put. It's another big budget blockbuster getting put in the hands of a black director. That's for the second time in less than a month. As far as releases, anyway, I'm sure they were given to them in separate time spaces, but in less than a month they're being released, and the reported budget is about a hundred million, coming off of Black Panther's two hundred million, and I think that this is beautiful because this isn't something that that has happened in the past, and it's just this is a really exciting time that's getting more and more comfortable with the inclusion of women and minorities, and positive imagery in entertainment media media. And, you know, like I said, Hollywood is going all in on their bets and seeing how marketable diversity really is. And I can feel it that this movie is going to be amazing as well. I can already tell. I've read a lot of reviews from early screenings and it's just nothing but just positive, awesome things being said about it. And for another piece of nerd news, I'm also happy to point out that Jessica Jones season two was released today. I watched a big part of it already. Um, because you know 
whenever these come out, I set my alarm for 2.01 a.m. and immediately start binging as soon as I can. And But I haven't been able to finish it yet, so I'm planning on finishing it tonight. So if you watch the first season, you'll understand why I think it's one of the most well-written of all of the Marvel Netflix series. It deals with um, issues that a lot of women have been through and trauma that they've had to overcome and stuff like that. Even though she has superpowers, she's still just really relatable to women. And of course, I, I want to say now, like uh, Kilgrave, the villain from the first season, was my favorite Marvel villain. Marvel MCU villain because the Netflix series count as the MCU followed by uh, Kingpin who was you know Fisk in the Daredevil series but um, Michael B. Jordan knocked them down they, they both got knocked down Killmonger is easily the best MCU villain so for me it's Killmonger Killgrave, Kingpin and Loki <laughs> So let's 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 just watch it, and ah, I can't wait to finish. It's already started off so well. Um, I mean, Punisher is really good too. I mean, all of them are pretty. I mean, Iron Fist is great, and the Defenders was weaker than I hoped it would be. I thought it was gonna be much better than that, but ah, uh, they're they're all great, and, I'm, and Jessica Jones is already starting off solid, and uh, there's more there's a lot more to come so i feel like i feel like i'm giving a lot of shout outs on this episode like a rapper at an award show or some shit but um shout out to the guy of modern comics stan lee um he's 95 years old but he's still going strong after the tragic loss of his wife joan in 2017 he's still making his cameos which it has to be some kind of record now because he's done 42 of them so far and i'm sure he's already filmed a lot of them and he's still loving what he does and how people are responding to the contributions he's made to the world, which includes the creation of Black Panther, by the way. Um, him and Jack Kirby created Black Panther. And uh, he announced he announced this week that he's been in a lengthy battle with pneumonia. Um, it's been a difficult fight for him, but he's doing his best to fight it and get back out there to continue showing love to his fans and working on everything that we've come to love so far so get well stan lee the world is rooting for you and lastly last piece of nerd news for this week is luke cage season two has been officially announced and it's been given a release date which is june 22nd which actually my mother's birthday so i'm sadly i'm probably not going to be able to binge it on the first day like i've been doing all of the other uh, marvel netflix series Cause I love my mama and I'm going to be celebrating with her, but I am definitely looking forward to what I expect to be another successful season of a black led superhero series. I just hope that Diamondback doesn't show up again. I just didn't like that. Better. So, um, all of that, I'm about to go ahead and make my exit. I just want to say that I'm happy to be back with the hip hop nerd season three after a long hiatus. I missed all of y'all. I'm going to be delivering to y'all as much as I possibly can. Hopefully weekly, just like I've, I've always promised. But sometimes life has gotten in the way. Um, but I love y'all and I want to keep doing this. I appreciate the love and support. And go ahead and take a look at my website, which is JonathanThomasJones.com. 
for blog updates, news about me and everything I'm doing, including my books. And uh, there's a merchandise shop on there now, which includes the Hip Hop Nerd t-shirts, um, and the hashtag Black Superheroes Matter t-shirts. Yes, I loved it that much. I, I love that thought so much that I had a t-shirt made, and it's on my website for order. Um, that's JonathanThomasJones.com. Um, keep up with the Hip Hop Nerd Weekly, and look out for my new bi-weekly podcast I'm starting called Question Authority. Question Authority. Ugh. I don't know why I did that so bad, but yeah, it's called Question Authority, and that's why I'm going to be doing my best to deconstruct tra- traditions and societal norms with the questions nobody else is really bothering to ask. Even though, and even though I touched on it a lot from the, a black perspective this week, the first episode is going to be about how he who controls the media controls the masses, and I'm actually trying to, not trying to, but I'm, I actually am talking to professionals and conducting research so it'll be worth the time to stimulate your mind that that rhymed um but yeah if anything that i said you feel is inaccurate or you just want to discuss some things just hit me up if you want to do it on my website which again is jonathanthomasjones.com go ahead and hit me up on there if not there you can find me on twitter and instagram as at jt glory jones that's at J-T-G-L-O-R-Y-J-O-N-E-S. And I make daily posts about my life, literature, hip-hop, movies, writing. And my IG is just flooded with my daughter, Nova. Like, I love her so much. And I love y'all. Hot damn, it's good to be back. Now, this is Glory Jones, the hip-hop nerd. I'm signing off. I love you and I appreciate your support. As always, be good to each other, man. Great.